We are on Chav Giga, Chav Gimel Mabez, 23b1. We left off the last recording with a question. So I'm not going to get into all the details of the question, but essentially what the Gemara was saying was that our Mishnah says that with regards to Kachim, with regards to the service in the base of Mikdash, when one makes a Kli, a new utensil, to be used as part of the service and the sacrifices in the base of Mikdash, so then there's a concern that when one's making it, that an Amarat will walk by, somebody who's not knowledgeable, and we assume that they themselves are impure, they are going to um, have saliva go on it. There's a concern that saliva will go on it and make the uh, that utensil impure. Once it turns into a utensil, it can become impure. They'll make it impure, and then you have to put that utensil into the mikvah. Again, this is not a real concern because it doesn't apply to any other area if you want to just use that utensil to eat with, which is regular food or with truma, but it's an added concern only with regards to kudshim, only with regards to the service in the base of Migdash. And so what you have to do is you have to put it into the mikvah. But it does not require waiting till the nightfall to use it. You're allowed to use it before nightfall. <coughs> and the question that the Gemara had on that was that Rabbi Lazar seems to be of the opinion that when it comes to making a utensil for the ashes of the paraduma, again, the paraduma is what is used to sprinkle on somebody who became contaminated through uh, touching uh, a, a dead body. Uh, so then that requires sprinkling on day three and day seven, that only after day seven could they go to the mikvah. So then when you make this uh, this tube to hold the ashes, at that point that you, when you make it, you in fact do have to wait until nightfall. So the question is, why would you have to wait until nightfall when you're making that utensil by the paraduma, uh, as opposed to in a regular case where you're making utensils that you don't have to wait until nightfall, but you can just put into the mikvah and then you are good to go. But when it comes to the paraduma, even after you put into the mikvah, you still have to wait until nightfall. So the question is why? Or it seems to be a contradiction. I think Mars is going to explain that no. When it comes to the paraduma, we're, we are extra stringent. When it comes to the paraduma, not to, just to assume that it became impure, but with a higher form of impurity. As the Gemara is going to explain, and through this Gemara, we have a few lines in this Gemara, but there are some fundamental ideas of Tumantara, purity and impurity, that are that are assumed in this Gemara. So you, we're also going to learn some of the, the fundamental ideas. So Amar Rav, Rav says, The way to explain this contradiction the seeming, seeming contradiction is to say that when it comes to a regular utensil, when you make a regular utensil, that just requires putting into the mikvah. You don't have to wait until nightfall. But when it comes to utensil, which is being used for the paraduma, we have a higher concern. And we, we assume, even if it's not really a concern, but we just assume that it, it takes on the impurity of a sheret. The impurity of a sheret is when something touches a, a basically a creepy uh, crawler that's dead. Um, so then that makes uh, something that touches it, a person or a, or a utensil that touches it, it makes it impure. Um, and if it becomes impure through sharetz, so then it requires not just going to the mikvah, but also you have to wait until nightfall. So it's unique. By para, when it comes to the paraduma, when it comes to these this utensil that's being used to carry the ashes of the paraduma to be used to purify others, uh, so then we have a, a higher level, we just assume automatically that it has the status of a sheretz, that it has the status of the tumus of a sheretz of touching a sheretz, which 
it's going to be important to, for the rest of the Gemara when something touches a sheretz. Again, we've had it goes down on degrees of of impurity. So we mentioned that if a person or a utensil touches a sheretz, the sheretz is the primary source, right? That's the dead, uh, creepy crawler uh, animal, that small animal. Uh, when it touches that, so then the sheretz itself is the primary source. If a person or a utensil touches it, it becomes what we call Rishon Latumah, the first degree from the original source. It's important to keep this in mind because when the utensil here, we're talking about a utensil that, that has that status, that utensil now has a first degree. It's not the primary source, but it's a first degree. Now, the first degree can only make food into a second degree. We mentioned that only food could, could have a second degree of impurity, but not people. People cannot, they can only have a first degree. People who touch if a person touches a utensil which is only impure because it's a first degree, but not the primary, but it's a first degree impurity, so then that person does not become impure. Only food would become impure. So based on that, the Gemara then asks, Elamiata, if this is true, that the utensil, only with regards to Barduma, but the utensil has the status of uh, impurity because it, it, we assume automatically that it touched a sheret. Uh, and so then that utensil then becomes a Rishon Lutama, a, a, a first degree from the original source. If that's true, Loti Tami Adam, so then that utensil should not be able to make a person impure, right? Because the, because the person can never become a second degree. So if the utensil became impure as a first degree, it cannot be, make a person um, have a impurity by touching that utensil. And the problem is, Alama Tanya, but the Brisa, the Brisa from the time period of the Mishnah says, Chot that one who cuts this tube to make it into a utensil, or the person that actually takes this tube and puts it into the mikvah to make it pure again, the rules are that they themselves require going to the mikvah because we assume that by touching this utensil, you become impure. But why should you become impure? If the utensil is a first degree, you become a second degree. A person can never become second degree, right? This is one of the fundamental principles that I mentioned earlier, that a person can never become a second degree impurity on a biblical level. And so by touching this utensil, which is a first degree, the person should not become impure. So why is it, the Gemara is asking, that the Brisa says that the person that makes this utensil or the person that takes this utensil and puts it into the mikvah becomes impure such that they themselves now require going to the mikvah. Why do they become impure? Because of it, if it's just a first degree, so then it shouldn't make a person impure. So the Gemara backtracks and says, you know what? It didn't become impure from a sheretz. Rather, they became impure because the utensil touched a dead body. If you touch a dead body, then the rules are completely different. Anything that touches a dead body, that is defined, the first thing that touches a dead body, directly the dead body, is defined as the original source itself. The dead body itself is called what we call even a higher form. And then one that touches the dead body becomes a, a primary source of impurity such that the utensil now could make a person impure because the person then becomes a first degree becomes one less than that becomes a first degree level of impurity so this is another fundamental principle that something which touches a dead body it's not like they go down a notch that we view it as first degree no it's also viewed as the primary source of of tumma of impurity when a person touches it so here or the utensil touches it in this case it's a utensil that touches it, so it becomes the primary source of impurity. So it can now touch, if it touches a person or the person that's been using it for whatever reason, like putting it into the mikvah, that person then becomes impure because we assume that it touched a, 
or we don't necessarily assume that it touched an, a dead person, but at least we give it the halachic status as if it touched a dead person. So the Gemara says, if that's true, we also mentioned that if you if you have the impurity of because uh, based off touching a dead person, or even if it's a second degree, that doesn't just require going to the mikvah. The Gemara only says that you have to. The Bryce only says that you have to go to the mikvah. If you, if you, even if you're a second degree, meaning you have the dead body, the utensil, this utensil, we give the status as if it touched the dead, that dead body. Then that utensil touches a person. That person now is now second degree from, sorry, is first degree from the original source because the utensil is also is the original source. That's how we view it according to halacha. So then the person is first degree from the original source. That person then doesn't just have to go to the mikvah, but also has to wait seven days. And then also for day three and day seven have to become completely, they have to have the sprinkling of these ashes. So why is it that the Bryce says you only have to go to the mikvah? It should say that not only you have to go to the mikvah, you have to wait seven days, you have to sprinkle the ashes on day three and day seven. It doesn't seem to imply that they actually become impure to the level of a tame mace of something which touched a dead person, which has a higher stringency. None of that stringency is mentioned. Uh, a, a harder way of more is required to become pure again. And none of that is mentioned in the Brisa, which says that the person touching the utensil, all it says, the utensil, all it says is that it has to, that person has to go to the mikvah. It doesn't say that we require more than that. So the more answers, you know what? It's true. What it means is, is that for this utensil is that this utensil has the status of, it's a strange idea, but we just give it the status of touching a tummy mace, of touching a dead body, but it's now on its seventh day. It's currently on its seventh day. So we already went through seven days, and then it's going to go to the mikvah. And since it's on its seventh day, when it touches a person, the person then also gets the status of being on the seventh day. So it, meaning it, the, through that transfer, that person only now gets the status of the seventh day. And now that person doesn't require, we don't require that person to go to the, to go through another seven days because now that it's the seventh day of the utensil, so then the person that touches the utensil will also have the status of the utensil itself, which is a status of, of, of having gone already through seven days. So we view it as if the person has already gone through seven days. So all that's left, all that's required is just to go to the mikvah. So again, a lot of this is complicated because you have to know a lot of the, uh, the ideas behind Tumma and Tara. But over here it's saying that if the utensil is, if we view it as if the utensil is on its seventh day, it can only make the person also equivalent to the status of the utensil. And then this person does not have to go through a new seven days. It just has to go, this person just has to go to the mikvah. But this whole thing is just, it's very strange, this whole concept. Where is this coming from? That if you made a new utensil for the para, for the uh, for the red heifer to use its ashes, all of a sudden, we're going to give it the status as if it touched a dead a dead body for no absolutely no reason. Not that we're con- it's not that we're concerned that it actually touched a dead body. It's just we're going to give it the halachic status as if it did touch a dead body. A very strange idea. And then where it says Vatanya, but we learned in a brisa that we don't make just we don't make new ideas, absolutely new innovative ideas, without any concern. It's not out of a real concern, but just to to be extra stringent. We don't find that when it comes to the laws of the red heifer, of the paraduma. So where exactly is this coming from? Why do we say just out of nowhere, seemingly, that this utensil will have the status as if it touched a dead body? But we know it didn't touch a dead body. When it came earlier, we mentioned that 
there's a concern that maybe it touched a, a, a zav, uh, the impurity of an amaaretz. Maybe the saliva touched the utensil, but at least there, there's some sort of concern. Over here, it's not even a really concern. It's just giving it some sort of halachic status as if it did touch a, a, a dead body. But where is that coming? We don't we don't just make things up when it comes to the laws of para. We don't make them up out of nowhere. So my answer is actually, you know what? Omar Abaya Abaya says, when do we not make things up? In the following scenario. Shalom Amru Kordam Metam Moshav. We don't say the following. This is also another basic principle of the laws of basic in the sense that it's uh, part of the structure of the laws of Tomantara, purity and impurity, which is that a, uh, a Zav, if somebody who has this, uh, a man who has this emission, not a seminal emission, but a mission that makes him impure to the point that he's defined as a Zav, so then if he has the status of a Zav, he could, if he sits on something, even indirectly, even if there's something in between, so it's not like he's touching it, but there's something in between, he makes that thing that he's sitting on impure. That's the rule by Azov. It makes it makes it impure. But the rule is that that only applies if, if he sits on something which is normal to sit on. You sit on a chair, you sit on a couch, a sofa, sit on something which is normal to sit on. But if you sit on something which is abnormal to sit on, then you do not become impure. So the Gemara here is saying that when it comes to the Paraduma, what it says that we don't make things up is that we don't make things up to say that if the Zav sat on something which nobody ever sits on, like a spade, nobody sits on a spade, so then that spade won't become impure. Because even if you plan on using it for the Paraduma, because we won't make up something completely new, completely different. Kid Titania, as it says in the Brisa, the, moving on to 23b2, the Brisa just quotes this idea, Vahayoshev alakli, it says Hayoshev, one who sits, doesn't say who sat on the utensil, but sits. In the future, as if to say, the Gemara is going to say that it's somebody. It's only when you sit on something which is designated for sitting, meaning it will be sat on in the future as well because it's designated for sitting. And that that's when the zav makes the chair impure, even if it's not direct, he'll make it impure. So the Gemara says, "Yachal kafa saah What happens if you just turn over different containers that are not used to sit on, and you sit on it? Yei Are those containers going to become impure? The Gemara says, "No." Tama lomar. Only something which is designated for sitting, not something which you just happen to flip over so that you could sit on it. So only in that area do we say that you can't make up something new by the paraduma, where you're basically taking something which has no relevance, cannot be cannot be uh, receptive towards, it can't accept tuma, it can't become impure, and then all of a sudden you say, you know what, with regards to the paraduma, it will be impure. That we can't do. But in our case... We already instituted that we're concerned and that will will create an impurity here. It's just that we don't know what type of impurity. We, we already said that when you make a new utensil, it will be impure. So once it's impure already, so then we'll say it has the highest form of impurity to to be stringent in that regard and just, just to define it as the highest level of impurity that we're willing to do. So again, if it's about... We know that it's impure. Like when you make a new utensil, we've decreed already that it becomes impure. It has to go to the mikvah. So by when it comes to paraduma, we'll have an extra stringency to say that it'll have the highest form of impurity, even though there's no real concern that it touched a dead person, but we'll view it as if it has the highest level of impurity. But what we can't do for the paraduma is just to say that something which should not become impure automatically becomes impure. That we won't do. Um, so that, that concludes the difficult Gemara. Uh, but that concludes that case. And in the next recording, we're going to move on to the next case of the Mishnah.